1: Hi, this is Tracy Swedlow, and we're on Radio ITVT. It's our 10th anniversary this year, and we're very excited to have someone in our industry who's been around longer than that, somebody who is a real veteran of our industry. Anthony Smith-Shanyo, who is Nagra's Senior Director, Product Marketing for Embedded Connectware, UI, UEX, Nagra Solutions and Setup Boxes, that's the longest title of all time. Anthony, welcome to the show.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much, Tracy. Very nice to talk to you.
1: Well, um, we've been talking all of these years. We're watching um, the rise and fall of different um, technologies, ideas, companies, and maybe like, you know, um, not many, right? We're still here. What do you, well, what do you
2: think I about mean, that? we started, yeah. yeah, no, we started talking in 1998 when you, no, I think 99, I think you fired up ITVT in 98, did you not?
1: 98, you're right.
2: But yeah, in 99, um, I joined the DVB and uh, I identified your your website and what you were doing in the industry as something key to what we wanted to be involved with. And... Um, and I think our last podcast actually was in two thousand and two thousand and nine, when we when we talked uh, around a particular topic at that time. So yeah, the ebb and flow of digital TV has been uh, something that we've been following all these years.
1: Well, um, uh, and one of the companies that you're working with, of course, Nagra. Nagra. Um... Kudelsky, right? Uh, purchased yep. Open TV, and Open TV has been around for quite a long time before um, Nagra purchased it. Or uh, yeah, and, you yeah. Know, I... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm no. kind of curious. What if you guys, ha- if you have any interesting inside tips about um, when Open TV first started?
2: No, I think Open TV is uh, way back in '93, might even be '93-'94 frame, I believe. Could even be earlier. I've never really looked. But but Nagra, yeah, Open TV was along. The, if you remember back in the days of Liberate, you know there were there were companies that identified digital television was a place where we could exploit. Um, the digital aspect and do things on TV. And once upon a time, we all believed we might be doing email on television and our banking on television. Such was the uh, the kind of use cases that we put together. But mm-hmm. naturally, naturally, the television industry from that era developed, in fact, most of the tools and many of the tools that we're all using today on the internet for uh, internet-driven television. And I think Open TV is one of the founding fathers of many of the technologies and continue to develop uh, under the umbrella of Nagra Kudelsky, of course, uh, bringing a huge portfolio of technology uh, that this market uses.
1: Well, uh, of course, Open TV um, was the the software, the middleware layer, you know, for uh, the work that Sky was doing all of those years, right during the '90s, yes. that Rupert Murdoch put into place, and it's one of the major reasons we we have a business that we do because he subsidized those set top boxes, so they could get into the hands of um people right and i i do remember there were applications where you could do your banking you could send email you could give money to charity they're all the you know an epg There were all these yep. ideas that we're still wrestling with although i think the banking on your tv is still um as sort of come and gone for the moment but you know we'll see and uh we could
2: even order pizza we could even order pizza um Prior to watching a film, and then I saw a couple of years ago a, a young buck company had just started up doing interactive and said, "Oh, we got a brilliant use case. You can you can order pizza before you start, you know, your film." And I, you know, the the the, the thing is, with many of these many of these ideas, they sounded great during that era, but some of them practically, you know, in in practical terms, never came to fruition or didn't work because. Of course, alongside the growth of television, we had the growth of the internet itself and all the devices that came with that. So you know a lot of things morphed over into you know you do everything now on many of those additional interactive elements you do them on your iPhone pad, tablet, Android, and all the other devices that are you know that are now associated with instant access and connectivity
1: well since a lot of those tasks are done by that second screen right or the second the other yeah. device um you know open tv is still in is still uh pushing forward the pay tv agenda right just to deliver yes. the entire tv experience through a set top box and um you know with the rise of all of these other ott boxes right the the fire stick then roku and mm-hmm. all these other you know third party competitors um you guys still are I shouldn't use the word still, but you're strongly, you know, involved in the business of delivering a full one-stop shop, set uh, setup box, you know, unified experience. So I, I want to hear a little bit about um, that. Uh, I know you've uh, recently uh, introduced some new platform technology um, last September, but I, you know, and there's so many things in between that have happened all, over the years, but I'm, I'm definitely uh, interested in, in, Open TV's perspective as why the pay TV market is still uh, a powerful sort of uh, offering going forward when everybody thinks that, you know, that they want to plug in the latest device. I mean, uh, yeah. uh, What, 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 what are you offering that, um, that you can do better than. um, Well,
2: I I don't know if it's you know, I mean, we all, we're all looking for, You know the the latest technologies. We're looking after the market. We're looking after the consumers, and we're all looking after business for the content providers. We've we've gone such a long way where we just had signals that were broadcast to the set-top box, and then you know, first connectivity to give interactivity was was the PSTN or telephone lines, Um, and then. You know, we've had all sorts of scary stories where people went on vacation and the set-top box was being dialed up, and they came home to huge bills. You know, and then we eventually we we got you know Wi-Fi came into being, and you know it, we sound like old sweats of the industry, but we've lived through all these te- technological changes and developed the the portfolio of products as as things have morphed and, and grown. So. Interestingly where Middleware sat in the past was was you know the setup box basically became a computer and was able to manage all this additional data and technology. Um and then we started offsetting things back to the head end. So in effect right now it's gone back to a client server technology in effect. So we've seen that all these set-top boxes now are connecting to to a back end system and that that is nourishing these devices, we called them I think in the old days we, or a few years back, um, You know, we were all talking about reducing the capex for an operator and taking these huge boxes that had um, storage in them and all kinds of memory and reducing those down um, uh, to become a thin client and the word was thin client at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, But of course, you still need something in the box that manages the uh, big screen experience. So yes, you can connect a tablet today, uh, quite a nice tablet as well, because they've also grown in uh, size um, to watch TV directly on your tablet. But if you really still want the big screen experience, and of course, in parallel, the consumer electronics industry has grown. So TVs have gone from... You know, 24 inch up to 84 inch, even. You can have a huge Ultra HD 4K cinematographic experience in your living room. Um, but you need a device to be able to, there always seems to be a terminating device. Um, and broadcast um, has not completely gone away,
1: um, well, the internet has not
2: com- completely yeah. taken over.
1: What's interesting, uh, if you say broadcast, um, as people have looked for that um, thinner client or the smaller footprint of a box in the house, you know, uh, all of the other services and capabilities of the larger, heavier set-top boxes have gone away, right? Um, A lot of these OTT Mm -hmm. boxes, or all of them, don't offer the ability to record. But at the same time, all of these services are starting to make deals with sports outlets and develop you know give you live uh you know live television through skinny bundle uh partnerships and things like that but then the user the viewer at home doesn't have a box that's capable of recording all that stuff so they've kind of it's kind of like they've come back to the old style of delivering live and on demand and and yet the boxes are not capable of handling that big tv experience um all the time that where you can record your live programming so I'm kind of curious if if uh if you think that eventually you know that that people will come back to i think that's what you're saying that you think that they'll come back to the full managed experience that you guys deliver
2: well well i mean I think it's i think we've talked about this for years in the industry it's about fragmentation and and offering you know the customers what they want internet has grown in 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 megabits and capability so so rapidly that of course we've all taken advantage of that in the industry and we and and we've got parallel services we've got full OTT services you know the the Niagara Open TV suite is a fully OTT you know ready um to accelerate anybody who wishes to have an online you know an online presence um regardless of satellites cable uh, and all the other broadcast elements I think you know the massive investment that that the pay TV industry has done in their plants and everything they've done um, was was held maybe held them back a little bit, and that's why some of the O T T pure O T T players took advantage of that. But then, of course, the uh, the industry is huge. I mean, it's a multi billion dollar industry, which has then gone. Oh, okay, fantastic. I think the pure O T T the, 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 the small boxes and people who are only interested in a very narrow um, format of, of content that satisfies them beautifully. You know, we call them cord cutters, but you know they were probably dissatisfied. We don't watch 300 channels, four or five thousands of channels. But if you take the population as as a whole, you, you what? what What's happening at the moment is everybody's trying to please every single indi- individual on the planet with their own private television lineup. And I think that's where we struggled as an industry and a challenge. So, you know, binge-watching is another phenomenon that popped up. But I had a go at binge-watching. W- binge and after, you know, I tried Suits in the program uh and by season two and a half, I was completely fed up with the same characters, same plot, the twists, the turns. You know, can we can we offer a television system that suits everybody more generically, from from the retiree in their home, right down to the toddler, um, in a in a completely granular, fine-tuned per person offering. And I think that's where the challenge of our industry is, so there are still millions upon millions upon millions of people who come home from a hard day at the office or in the fields um and and have had a tough day in the hospitals and wherever they've you know had their day and plonk themselves down in front of the television at a certain time in the evening and want to be fed or have a diversity of entertainment. Now, the brilliant thing now in, of course, today's modern TV environment is we can feed them with everything and anything. You can have your SVOD subscriptions, so you can just go in and dig into what you're you're happy to watch. You can fire up the EPG and look at what the TV company has provided for you in that window. That you-
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky.
0: more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing
1: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: You've got available to yourself. Um, And one thing we harnessed in the Nagra Kodelsky Open TV um, signature edition, which we launched, which you referred to earlier on, is is to give people, yes, in September, is to give people the opportunity when they do sit in front of that big screen um, TV or even a, a tablet, is that they can navigate to where they want to go, either be fed by recommendations, suggestions, by they might have heard something driving home, uh, You know, heard a, a, uh, an advertisement in the car for some new program that's out, you know, must watch. Uh, they might have driven on the bus and gone by a bus stop where they're still doing out-of-home advertising. I've even some seen some of the big S, SVOD players putting uh, traditional advertising up in the railway stations. So I think what we have today is we have a very rich uh, pasture of television We've got access to almost everything. What However, is... if mm-hmm. if we if we look at where that's actually heading, I've got a particular instance here is I've just arrived in the US. I'm settling in. It's the autumn season for rugby, which I'm a huge fan of. And mm-hmm. being a Welshman, um, I want to follow my team, I am now trying to navigate through all the available solutions there are to me to get access to the the rugby that I love, that I want to watch. I cannot tell you how difficult that's been a day's exercise so far in trying to find out what's legitimate. You know, it's not some piracy streaming site that's going to take my money and not give me what I really want. Mm-hmm. Is it, is it I have to take a full subscription to somebody who's actually um, signed up for the rights for that? It's predominantly in the UK uh, under BBC. I can't have access to the iPlayer because despite BBC being worldwide, there's still restrictions. It has become quite a stressful exercise. Uh, even ESPN, the ESPN UK, the ESPN Uh, US but US I don't seem to find, I can't find at the moment, something that satisfies me. So have we really cured this problem of what you want, when you want, where you want? I don't think we have,
1: Uh, we've we've actually
2: made it complex.
1: I mean, the average consumer wouldn't probably, yeah, have a difficult time navigating, even just finding, you know, uh, ABC perhaps on, (laughs) you know, on uh, their OTT systems, of course, um, until the whole revolution with local television takes place, uh, which is another topic. But um, there are various methods by which you can access probably that kind of content, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of um, only known by, the insiders there's various websites and services that are yes but uh probably we're not going to go into all of those right now but um we uh they do exist so uh, anyway no but
2: it just it just means that they put the cognitive burden now so television in the past you know you came home it was all done for you i know it sounds a little bit old-fashioned but but there are still people in the world who are very happy to have things Made easy for them. When we when we've done some of the um, discussions around, uh, we did some filming with uh, with a studio uh, around our technology and presented them this uh, this this open TV solution where, you know, it's really really a one stop shop where you you basically curate everything. You're you're allowing the pay TV operator to say, I will bring in the SVOD suppliers. I'll bring in all these various different flavors and channels. And make those available through one single device, through one single sign-on, through you know only one subscription fee, uh, and make it easier. What we've what we're going now is we're splitting off and fragmenting, and we're doing content stacking. So content stacking is a burden for the consumer because you can content stack, of course, and there are easy methods. But you might have to get several boxes because they're associated with a single device. They've got a they've got a separate interface, got a separate remote control. Uh, they've got a different user uh, navigation system, and mm-hmm. and and over all the years I've been in TV, is we've always tried to make this simple for the consumer. And I've got a feeling now, as we fragment away, maybe this is what TV becomes. But certainly, I still think there's a place, and and we think there's a place for reducing that complexity making it more simple and now the pay tv operators have realized that they if they reorganize the packages correctly they rebundle they they give the consumer the opportunity to feel that they're getting the selection that they want because you're not going to get 100 percent of everything i don't think
1: you know um we just uh, put out a column by uh, uh colin dixon uh, um, about binging and bolting you know all these ott yes. offerings right that you get tired of a yeah. particular offering because your the content you signed up for is done for now yes and you know so and and then the the burden is on all of these um uh broadcast you know uh studios to to remarket their content to figure out ha- yes. what to offer but that's all that's all that Those are the only tricks that they've got is buying more content, funding more content. Whereas, you know, um, there are other things about watching TV and other ways to be interactive and other kinds of services they could be offering to entice their fans. So I'm kind of curious about all of the other things that the, you know, Open TV platform can offer. You guys, for example, have always been able to offer interactive TV options, you know, from from early on. perhaps create interactive advertising, maybe even community. You've got this new uh, uh, interface you call the ION, right? Um, ION, multi journer UI. I want to hear a little bit about that. Like, tell me more about what makes the whole Open TV experience, you know, unique beyond just organizing content for people, because that's maybe what's setting you apart. And then, um, you know, where is this being deployed?
2: you know i think yeah you know there's so much available to the pay tv market right now you know with metadata voice recognition technology you know dynamic pricing models sort of e-commerce style uh, much more responsive content there's there is oodles and oodles and oodles of content out there for all the tastes you know i was i even i even sat the other day and watched um, for the first time in my life on on a local in in where i'm staying actually on the uh, pay tv solution that's in the in the house um the bass fishing competition channel where men no, are pulling really? fish out of the water and i i was fascinated for about <laughs> yeah i was fascinated for about 20 minutes i think and then and i was like i couldn't imagine watching this day in day out day in day out. i i i want to go and see something else so in the ion user interface we we have a lab in san francisco that uh, a user testing lab We've got great designers, and we've dug very deeply into the, the the consumer side of of television. And we put together a user interface that very much you when you sit in front of it and you start to use it. And this this we showed off in uh, IBC in September, is you have you feel like it's personalised for you in a sense. You have different methods of accessing to the content that you uh, that you're interested in you can fire up an epg if you uh, you know if that's your wish and that's what you want and you really like that old fashioned old fashioned it's interesting to say the epg was born in 1981 and it's still a major part and one of the svod providers that was doing mosaic only in the end in order to increase subscription they were forced to put in an EPG as part of the package because that's what the consumers wanted. Um, so, you know, it's very difficult to change habits as well. And and user interfaces have been a particular interesting topic over all the years. Um, the last thing you want is to train, change a UI dramatically because you get too many people calling up. It, things have to be slow and incremental. So what we did was we said, look, let's harness all of this it into a single user interface and and give whoever's in front of the tv the access to the content in the way that they wish so you can go epg but we've redesigned that epg to be epg um, for the modern purpose by implementing inside that epg access to what you think is linear tv but in fact is uh, our export of VOD assets so they look like they're in a timeline and even even a, a person who's actually favours the EPG might click. Oh look, you know, at eleven o'clock there's a, there's this particular program I want to watch it. Boom, they click it. It's actually just on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very interesting that you can bring the old world and the new world together to give a better experience. Mm-hmm. You can create personas and channels, so you can have you can have things. Um, if you're very much interested in cooking, you can cur- curate into that into that EPG, or via another um, mosaic mechanism of entry, um, different content around a particular subject. So we've got uh, a lot of different ways to navigate. Now, we call it multi-journey because it's the same content pool, ultimately, because that's how a pay TV operation system works. Is There's a particular catalog. There's a particular specialities they have, services that they offer. But you have to make that look um, um, as as eclectic and different as possible, and navigation to be quick, and you should be able to get what you want. So if you prefer to do timeline, if you're a recommendations person, you like the system, is what it's giving you, you're in on the recommendations. Um, and, and the difficulty about explaining a UI, of course, over the radio is that. These are the, something you must touch and see and feel uh, to get the understanding of what that actually brings you. And it's all about satisfaction at the end of the day. Uh, an NPS score is if the operator can keep the customer happy and accessing the content they want, then they won't churn. They will stay. And additionally now, because this is this UI is being nourished by, um, in fact, our Open TV platform, which is the head end, nourishing that user interface, the Mm -hmm. over-the-TV experience as we call it and Ion is this iteration is with all those additional things I mentioned earlier on, we can put a very rich offering to the consumer including the SVOD services uh, that they wish to access today. We can manage that now in such a way from the content management system, we can promote, we can push, we can watch, we can see all the different, so we're getting towards that personalization uh, and we're getting towards a much richer and a much more attractive package um, through a single remote control. And I think that's the really key aspect.
1: Are you seeing any uh, trends about how people are using the the Ion platform, the Ion aspect of the platform? I mean, are people turning to a particular style? More or less. No,
2: no. I think I think it's it's flexible enough that it you you will navigate you tunnel in in some instances you navigate left you are up you're down you and 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 people are quite it's interesting when you watch people in the in the lab because in the lab in San Francisco is it just depends on their preferences you know you you see people uh, clicking on things that are promoted uh, that they might not have watched so there's the serendipity aspect. You know we think you might like this. um this is an interesting program on uh you know space or a moonwalk or all the things that that's the problem when we when we' as we split off and create content silos um in this modern world that we're building is you know if you're a single if you want to save money, get rid of your pay t v service and have a single SVOD and do the cord cutting your content silo narrows, narrows, and narrows, and narrows, because even if you take a mainstream a content provider...
0: With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Um, they they now realise, as you said earlier on, that they have to diversify. They have to really work hard to make that catalogue stay fresh and and be up to date to keep the customer and stop them uh, running away to somebody else who's got something else. To offer, um, which they'll try for a while, and they might not like that, so they bolt again. So Mm -hmm. it's very complex, and we've created a complex environment, and we believe that this this all-encompassing ecosystem um, is is favourable on a as a on a consumer perspective. And at the same time, is the more that you've got the consumer in your pay TV environment, the more you learn about them with modern day analytics. Uh, and our content management can then cater even more so um, for the for for that particular for that particular customer. So it it it's it, it is a lot of work we have to do today, and I think one of the things is it's the, there are technologies popping up all the time, and we tried voice. Voice is very interesting.
1: I was going to say um you guys integrate both Amazon Echo and Google. Um, And I'm kind of cur- and you include a various online TV apps. So I'm definitely curious how you're able to provide people with a, that kind of richer experience, you know, commanding apps, maybe things that affect the house even, I'm, I'm not sure. Is well, it this, a- is, this
2: goes back to the internet, where, where the internet is it moves along rapidly and the pay TV service wasn't quite up to it because we, we had different technologies at the time that were, we weren't permitted uh you know we were restricted by the particular uh, physical nature of set top boxes and code and, and, and APIs and everything in the boxes right now we're in we are looking at pay tv you know we're looking at the internet with a pay tv lens so to speak and taking all the benefits that the that this that this very rapid technology is giving us so voice is quite interesting because Unless you've been in the industry quite a while, everybody thinks voice is very new. But voice is not new at all. I was on a yacht, uh, Paul Allen's yacht, at the NCTA exhibition in New Orleans. Now Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember Mm -hmm. the date. A yacht
1: in New Orleans? Yeah, it was
2: Paul Allen's. uh, uh, It was Paul Allen's octopus. So he was. (laughs) Okay. He was. He was using that. uh, Funnily enough, he was using the yacht as the Exhibition center mm-hmm. for for Charter. I think it was Charter at the time, and the, he had uh, in the yacht different rooms, and you had different technologies were being displayed. And there was a guy, a good old friend of mine from the industry, Tony Istvan. Sure, um, if he listen,
1: Hello, if
2: he listens to this, he's at Comcast now, I believe. Now Tony was demonstrating to us a voice controlled set-top box and that was in 2000 and dare I say it 2000 and, mm, I don't I can't remember it was in the early 2000s I
1: I visited Stanford Research Institute SRI right in mm-hmm. the early 2000s and, and looked at their voice control uh voice voice activated remote controls I remember that
2: Yeah Yeah and and, and now voice you know I, I I was at a a meeting recently and Using voice has got so much better, and it's particularly interesting if you know where you want to go and you know what you want to do, of course. So again, this all comes back to the cognitive uh, capability and burden uh, upon the individual user. Change channel up, down, left, right. Okay, that's interesting. But if you really want to find content, a lot of the voice providers, they say, you know, show me all James Bond films uh, without Roger Moore, you know, as an example. Um, that's great, but we don't watch, you know, we don't watch. Um... Evie's watched it in a very different way. We, we I could probably you... take voice and use it because we've heard something promoted somewhere, and then we've got the trigger to be able to then go and find that content.
1: I've got a killer app for you, you guys. Or okay. somebody out there who's reading or listening to this. Uh ten year olds, ten year old girls love to take my, you know, remote control voice control remote and um talk to the TV, and they want to see funny things happen, and they want to hear funny things said back to them, and they want to trigger yes. other things. I mean, uh, they, I'm not even sure that they care whether or not they're watching television when they're playing with the remote, but they want to interact, you know? Yes. Uh, yes. That would be an interesting app to offer.
2: Well, it's funny you say that because in the ION um, uh, Open TV experience, we have one particular. Way of accessing content, and it's a sort of in that vein a gamification, if you want, uh, for the user where you you've got uh, a mood based a mood based offering. So you you'll click on, you know, you're feeling particularly bluesy. So you'll click on the uh, the icon that represents bluesy, Mm -hmm. and it may not give you blues uh, sad films at all. It might give you something completely left field that you weren't expecting. that something might cheer to, you up
1: yeah, something that cheer you up
2: <laughs> oh, yeah exactly yeah. and and there are there are many many different ways of of uh, exploiting the content and the the long tail content as well that's in the in the catalog, so you've got to be able to it's funny because you're talking about the youngsters my eleven year old she recently got into friends and she sat mm-hmm. through you know two or three episode, um, episodes of friends and was hooked mm-hmm. and uh this was old you know i couldn't sit through it it was something i'd seen it was done i was looking for new content but the youngsters are still being exposed to good content that was made many many years ago and that's something that we can do in uh, in the uh, working in this environment of the open tv signature edition where you're maximizing catalogues you can tailor things for kids you can tailor things for all generations we're really in a in a nice place. And I, I've heard recently that it's called the golden age of, of uh, television is being touted at the moment because the access to content is extraordinary. Now, we've harnessed all of that. So the thing we've got to do with Open TV Signature Edition is we've got to be able to harness everything. And the problems we've had in the past with pay TV, it was, it was always long implementation cycles. It was always onerous, lots of engineering, and now we are able to speed all of that up. We've completely done we've done all the work in effect, um, and and with options for the different aspects of the different technologies that we can. um, One example is is um, paywalls and services. There are different providers out there, so we've got to be able to make sure that the system that we're offering to a pay TV operator today is is very much an ecosystem that works end to end and that's one of the one of the things so we concentrate yes a lot on the consumer but we've also got to concentrate on reducing the technology burden of the operator making it much simpler uh quick to deploy uh you know accelerate their access online and that's what our open tv signature edition is um, has been fine tuned to do
1: we didn't really talk about metadata, and I know that's a key you know aspect of the 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 ion multi journey you know interface experience and I think that is something that could help uh create that um you know uh, a reason for people not to churn you know would give the operator something um something you know. To offer users that other boxes can't do, which is because you have the whole platform available, and I'm giving, I guess, a suggestion is, is why not explore um, uh, metadata, uh, interactivity, things like that for these old uh, shows, like you said, like Friends, right? Or My Daughter's Watching Glee, you know, all of these things. Why not give them a layer of metadata and interactivity and, um, you know, additional information or a a way to interact with as a group or as a community with that content, with other people who are also interested in that content? Why can't Open TV or can't Open TV enable that? And is it being or, or nobody's asking for that kind of service? Or do you think there's an opportunity there? Yeah, we highlighted we we mm-hmm. highlighted
2: that in a sense in the what i uh, mentioned earlier on in the personas so um there's one persona gourmet girl that we have in the interface um which which does go out there and if you choose to follow gourmet girl, gourmet girl will be curated content it might be curated automatically by by analytics it might be curated it'll watch what you particularly like you might have a preference for um who's a famous chef, um, you might have a preference or you might detest a particular oh, that, chef. That
1: bad English guy, the, the guy who's always angry. What's his name?
2: Yeah. The sorry. angry I English guy. This,
1: or there's yes, Jamie Oliver. No. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> might, be,
2: you might be a Jamie Oliver fan, but you might mm. not like, uh, is it Anthony Bourdain? Is, oh
1: yeah, Anthony Bourdain. Is, yeah,
2: so there's Anthony Bourdain. You might be a fan of his, but not, you might like the style of... Uh, of of a particular chef, and not the aggressive, yeah, the Hell's Kitchen type uh, yeah, angry guy. man. So you you're going to have curation and metadata. Of course, is very is very basic in all of these systems. Is good metadata makes for great user interfaces um, and allows you to go out and uh, gather. We work with some of the some of the you know we work with the industry uh, and partner with many of the providers. Metadata is very interesting because it's very um, it's very regional. So you know, Chinese metadata, Brazilian metadata—you've got to work very hard um, when you're offering a an eclectic world service to ensure that you've got all the feeds, the metadata feeds, and the right and the right quality of metadata as well, which is extremely important.
1: Don't you think um, that's a, a great opportunity for revenue streams, incremental revenue streams? It is, stream and it is part. It is
2: part of what it's part of what we're doing now in our in our. Content management system. So we we showed this content management system, IBC, and it's very much both uh, automated and has a human interface element. Because I I was once this, um, studying uh, a lot about this particular aspect of curation of content, and and it was interesting. Apple Music when Apple Music was launched. Um, because you like, because you listen to that, you might like to listen to this. You know, was the initial
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, algorithms that were being pushed out there. And then one of the head guys from uh, Apple Music said, "No, no, 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 no. Come on, you've got to think bigger and wider than that." You know, that's why we have this jockeys on the t- on the t- uh, on the uh, on the radio. This is why you have people certain music you would never imagine to put certain things next to certain things and curate music in that particular way. Only a human being can do that. Machines haven't quite learned that yet. And it's the same with everything we do. So we, we, we still see people um, on traditional paid TV and broadcast TV. There must be somebody who's paid to make the channel lineup for the day. Um, It's not all done by machines, and you can tell when it's done by machines because there's a lot of repetition, Uh, and you can see it's lazy curation of content. So with our new content management system, you've got a fantastic tool where you have access to um, outside influence. So macroeconomics, economics, um, social media, what's trending, the news, if you can capture everything that's happening all around you in a particular area, you can adapt content uh to those situations you, not only personal likes people's personal likes but anything that and we we you know let's say a um, big celebrity gets gets into trouble, you know, and then we go oh you know we 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 they call these films and it might be good promotion because they're not really in trouble. It's just they've done something naughty, and we might want to promote their their films. You've got all kinds of incidents around us where we see that we we take advantage of, it's almost e-commerce style, vending, fashions, a particular flavor, especially in advertising. You see that where, where trends kick up and we want to advertise a particular product. Mm-hmm. all this is available to you now. Everything is there. It's just a matter of tying it all together, making it easy to use, bundling it, and and putting it into into service.
1: Well, tell me about that. Um, let's go into the numbers a little bit, uh, or the places. I'm curious about the worldwide distribution of open TV these days.
2: I, oh, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, we, as I said, we've been in the industry
1: we are forever. we
2: are uh, forever, yeah, for a very long time. So you know we've we've got we've got every continent covered. We have uh, we have customers all over the planet, and and that continues to grow. And I, I don't want to go into too many fine details, but it it, it is a worldwide business, um, and and it covers. All of the aspects of um, satellite, uh, terrestrial broadcast, uh, pure OTT, hybrid—it um, it, is—it is a fascinating TV world out there that we've managed to um, to be part of for a very long time.
1: Um, and can the can the platform, the new platform that you've um, offered, the Open TV suite? Um, and the the signature edition are, are these being positioned as a multiplayer, a multi-platform, you know, platform, you know, that uh, that can be that can deliver the whole TV everywhere experience, perhaps to other devices. It is correct.
2: No, absolutely. I mean, the minute the, the minute that you are, no, of course. I mean, it, as I said before, it's a client-server technology in in the true sense of the word. Whereas you're attaching you're having allowing access of clients to to access into the into the um to the server side where you have then um all the necessary tools, bells and whistles that you want to offer. So so you're have a pure uh some of our customers, for example, don't have set top boxes. So it's a pure um T V Everywhere Play where they're coming in with mobile devices, uh iOS and Android based. And then uh, having exactly the same tools, uh, catch up, start over, um, NPVR storage, um, and all the different uh, aspects through the uh, user interface, notwithstanding that, the very core of Nagra Kudelsky's technology is uh, premium content security as well. Um, so that is something that um, is part and parcel, is ensuring that all the operators that interact and are part of the uh, Nagra Kudelsky family their business is fully protected, um, and uh, we've moved on. Then, of course, now into into hybrid scenarios where you have people offsetting uh, their platforms by having a premium offer on a on a big ultra HD 4K set top box, but also having a TV Everywhere scenario um, and application access um, for the entire service that they offer.
1: Uh, will we see um interactive content though in the future? I mean you guys have always been you know behind it from the beginning um it's sort of disappeared a little bit. Is this something that uh you know where in people could interact with the story itself is that not we, so much? we I,
2: I well it's always it always crops up because uh interactivity was a during during a large part of the in the early days when interactivity was first touted it meant that you had to have you you had to have a connection back to the internet somehow so first initially we we had interactivity which would broadcast enable apps um play along quizzes and things like that you can still do that and those still exist and um we also have uh I saw an announcement today where I think it was today. Well, maybe I'm a bit jet-lagged still. But it was about um, offering voice and doing voice interactivity where you could uh, change the direction of the story. You could uh, ask questions. Um, so I think human beings are always curious about how they can develop people's, um, people's uh, affinity to, to be curious and to want to do other things that are available um, in that program. Um, some people have said in the past, "I don't want interactivity. Don't touch. I've produced something beautiful. You're there to be drawn in and absorbed by, you know, this wonderful story. I don't want anybody pressing the yellow button or the green button and doing anything different." Sport has remained interactive for and, and always will. It's a fantastic place to get additional assets, uh, information on the teams, by you know the players' merchandising. So. Interactivity is still there; it's just done in different ways. Um, and again, um, why interrupt the uh, activity that's ongoing on the screen when you can do a second screen interactive service? Um, so you see a lot of people are now using using the tablet to do search about characters, search about people, um, find out more information, buy things associated with the with you know the shows that are on the TV. So
1: are you it is there. Are you, are you guys there. are you guys um playing in the uh I mean you know cuz we're talking in another 10 years, right? Unless like you said uh to me an email you might be retiring in 10 years time, eight, 10 years time. We'll see. <laughs> no, no, you're still still be in the business. You'll still <laughs> be here. But um you know ACR and uh, this is really my last question but ACR automatic, auto automatic content recognition uh you know, is rising again uh, into the single screen experience where depending on what content's playing on the screen and, you know, what it hears, it can just, you know, figure out what's happening. It might provide other forms of um, interactivity with that content. Is that something that Open TV is going to play with in order to drive that big single screen uh, interactive experience or is that not um, on the list of priorities? No, but seeing, it, You know, ACR... May, it might play something, a, a bigger role in the uh, local the revolution of local television as we go forward. We'll see. Yeah, the,
2: the, the aspect of um, automatic content recognition and then listening and voice and all of this is quite an interesting subject that we're all part and parcel of. We've all got proofs of concepts. We've all deployed um, different methods on how how we can be involved in ACR. One of the Interesting things I'm following right now is they just released a new European law uh, called the GDPR, which is General Data Protection Regulation, and there's there's new rules coming out about data protection and people's privacy. And this subject always reverts back to um, how much you're prepared to allow devices in your home to understand what you're doing. Um, not everybody's a fan of being monitored and content and recognition of things that are happening
1: mm-hmm. uh, they
2: seem they feel that's an intrusion of their privacy and then again there are others and certainly the younger generation seem to be less and less concerned about what they do <laughs> what they give away and what they show um, so so well, they is, think they're immortal
1: it, you know they don't well, care they do of
2: course and 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 they they forget and they don't realize that well, my daughter's fine, fine example, being 11 years old, she she put something up on the Internet and she didn't really understand how wide and varied, how far that would go in in a circle of friends and family, etc. And it wasn't particularly clever what she did. And it came back straight away. And then it dawned on her what she'd done but she had no concept of the expanse of the internet and the expanse of the world and you know how far things can go. Um, so we've got a lot of... I think the regulators are keeping an eye on this as well, of course. So technologically, there's nothing we can't do this day and age. And I think that's why it's the golden age of TV because particularly you want to offer anything today, there's a technology that can allow it. It's just how you package it correctly and using it for the right purpose and that it offers value to the consumer. So it really needs to be a benefit for your business and a benefit to the consumer. Then it gets implemented. Then it becomes mainstream. And that's why a lot of the internet banking and uh, interactive things, they, they seemed like a good idea, but they weren't really a benefit because the benefit was taken away by you being able to do it easier, faster, quicker somewhere else, on a a tablet, for example. So again, it's a marriage of technology, um, but it's a marriage of business that's really important.
1: All right. Well, I think that's a a great place to stop. There's so many things that, um, that are going to be coming out in the next 10 years. I look forward to seeing how Open TV leads the way and whether or not you'll still be here or you'll be retiring on some private island
2: (laughs) well hopefully i mean it was eight years ago we had a talk like this maybe it'll be sooner Yeah, there's lots to talk about because it is it is an ever-changing industry and 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 the ebb and flow as i said in the beginning of of digital tv certainly hasn't stopped
1: all right. Well, thank you so much, Anthony. I uh, appreciate your being here. We've been through a lot together all these years. We didn't even really get to talk about all the technologies that have come and gone. Uh, like you were saying, MHP, OCAP, uh, Open. Oh, what was it called? The uh, Open. The uh, Up. What was it? Open Ramp. What was that thing called?
2: Oh, on ramp. On ramp. On ramp. On ramp. EBIF. Um oh, God. You can name. Yeah. No, there's a yes. whole string of them, isn't there? Yes. No, but Tracy, uh, let me just say uh, I mean it's been a pleasure knowing you um all these years. I think you've done a great job in the industry of keeping this this whole subject very active. I really enjoy everything that you and Richard put together on the uh, on the website and and the Thanks. shows and the things you do. Um and congratulations on this 10 years, but congratulations on uh on being there and sticking with it because it's been great.
1: It's very kind of you. I have a hard time accepting um, compliments, but thank you so much. We, we do work hard around here, but um, you too, you've been working very hard and, um, and I hope you keep up with your artwork.
2: Thank you for that. Yes. Most of the people now we go artwork. What's he on about?
1: No, no, no. He's quite a good uh, painter guys. Quite a good artist. All right. Anyway, uh, thank you very much to everybody over there. And, um, perhaps we can talk about uh, uh, the San Francisco office getting involved in at Absolutely. our next San Francisco event, which will be June 13th and 14th. And thank All you right. for, like, for,
2: for
1: be for, for contributing uh, um, everything that you do and the, the, your leadership and your passion for this industry.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care.
1: Thank you. Um, Anthony, of course, again, is the senior director of product marketing for Embedded Connectware, UI, UEX, all kinds of things at uh, Nagra Kudelsky. And you can look at their site, of course, at nagra.com, but dtv.nagra.com is, uh, I think, the main page for all their digital TV services. Thank you so much. This is Tracy Swedlow, co-producer of TV of Tomorrow Show and the editor-in-chief of Interactive TV Today and, of course, Radio ITVT. Please consider uh, maybe being interviewed Oh, someday. Submit yourselves. Thank you so much.